So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to WTS 116. I'm on six. I'm Danny Murray. I'm Graham Merrigan. I've got man flu. There's nothing wrong with you. Got man flu. Nothing wrong with you, Graham. Deal. You're just winning. It's over. You're just winning. You miss basketball and everything over. Yeah. Because you're being just. Absolute bell end, I am. Wingy. We're coming to you from Fitzpatrick Castle. Go to FitzpatrickCastle.com. Uh, for more, but if you're in the South Dublin area, why don't you pop up to Cloyney? It's uh, it's great, even when it's raining, it's great. <laughs> it's a lovely spot and a lovely drive in. Great yeah. drive in, you know yeah. what I mean? And I've always wanted to come into this hotel because I always, I always come out on like a, a drive to the richer parts of Docky <laughs> and Cloyney. You know what yeah. I mean? Some like it's, Enya lives out this way and stuff like oh, that. I and I always pass this hotel and I'd love to come in. And now I'm here. And now you're here. So like, oh, job done. yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. you're in this little dingy function room. Studio. Studio. <laughs> this is yeah. So don't don't refer to it as dingy, Graham. Come on, man. Come on. Sorry, I've got man flu. Yeah, that's all it is. Graham's it's just going to blame man flu on it. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It's um, a world class recording facility, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, by night and by day, it's a world class boardroom. <laughs> Mini boardroom. <laughs> um, yeah, the dulls of tones you just heard there are a guest this week. Uh, broadcaster, comedian. Now podcaster. Yeah, now Cormac podcaster, Moore. yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming into us, man. No, thanks, uh, thanks for uh, having us on, lads, and congratulations on the, so the success of your podcast as well. It's award-winning two years in a row. Yeah. yeah. Amazing yeah. stuff. We skip brown envelopes at about hours. We're absolutely broke. So <laughs> <laughs> worth it in the end, though. You get to you know, have a couple of It's the bird you're hearing in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely. It, that's it. Um, but yeah, look, we're going to have a chat to you about... Well, anything, everything. But the first mm. thing we'll kick off with, man, is Project Ten. Yeah, uh, two episodes in, and it's absolutely rapid. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, um, so uh, it's taken me a year to get to this stage. Cause oh, I've really? Been, yeah, just because I've been doing, I was doing it part time. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I moved houses two or three times in between it, so it never kind of got. And you know, when you're kicking this stuff off, there's always niggly bits that you can't launch it until. One, obviously, it takes an age to finish up and edit stuff as well, but things yeah. like, you know, websites and branding and logo and wanted to have a second episode ready to go as well, do you know what yeah. I mean? So Particularly just, the way you, you produce it, it's brilliant. It's like... Yeah, it's actually like, put together like an actual slick operation. It's like a documentary. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like you know, the Voice YouTube documentaries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, kind yeah. of like that. The, the, the kind of the, the format of it, I said it is, is it's a documentary style, which is what I wanted to do. But I, like, I'm a big podcast fan. I like, love podcasts, and one of my favorite ones would be like uh, Freakonomics and Radio Lab, yeah. and that kind of production style. I think for for what I'm doing anyway, just it's easier on the ear. If you know what I mean, it kind of interrupts it, or it's, 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 you know, you're trying you're trying to kind of make it a little bit easier to listen to. Mm. Um, and I just found that kind of that kind of style kind of worked a little bit better so that you're not drifting off and bored too much if you put in no definitely <laughs> some, not uh, a bit of music or a bit of production you know you're kind of so. loving it and it's 
you're loving it and then it's over yeah 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 <laughs> do you know what like, you was, keep wanting them more it's, it's one of the thing I, I text my girlfriend about it as like because she watches nothing the second episode's on influencers yeah, and yeah, yeah. she watches nothing but YouTube now That's, she doesn't watch telly anymore just YouTube yeah, yeah. Like. influencers are what and we then, like to call bellends <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I text her and I was like here listen to this podcast it's deadly and uh, I've, like, I've, I, I think I say it on this every other week I have this thing of always leave them wanting more and that's exactly what this was like it was over and I was like what? yeah that was a quick 40 minutes man like that, and that's a compliment you know what uh, I mean thanks it's, very much because no, yeah. it, it's always a concern of, of like you know you, do you want to just fill it to fill the hour or yeah. do you want to cut it back and, and trying to make sure that all the fluff is taken out you know what I mean because it's mm. so easy to kind of um, leave in a full interview that might be 15-20 minutes long just for the sake of it I'm going yeah. oh, it's an hour now that's job done but I just kind of try and make sure that like when I edit it listening back to it like if I'm drifting off I'm like nah yeah. I, we need to chop it down it's yeah. not it's too it's, the complete it's rambling it's the complete opposite of what we do yeah. <laughs> we just leave it all in and we're like yeah no look no liable there let it go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think for, for like an interview based one I think that's good yeah, yeah. because even for I worked in radio for the last few years and that was one of the mm. limitations of radio is that when you're restricted to time i've had to cut 20 minute interviews down to three minutes yeah which is, do you know what i mean and you're even conscious of that when you're interviewing someone knowing that i don't want to have to edit this down to four minutes do you know what i mean three or four minutes and you lose you lose a lot of the good stuff and yeah. and like it's always like it's always in radio you have to be ruthless with your edit so that you're chopping everything down but then every station winds up getting the same interview off the exactly. same celeb yeah. or the same person and it's just it's shy and one of the things i noticed from uh I don't know if you watch Joe Rogan's podcast or whatever. Love it. I only started getting into that recently, but I was watching one with Steve-O on it. And, you know, the beauty of podcasting is you're, you're time-free. You can yeah. do whatever the hell you want with it, yeah. especially with interviews. And I was watching the Steve-O episode, and I guarantee you, he got stuff out of Steve-O you would never have gotten out in a traditional radio show. Yeah. Because the traditional radio is just looking for, a, you know, a, a, a flashy quip or something they can throw online or something sensationalist or, you know, bu- some bullshit, basically. A quote or something. Yeah. yeah, and his story went into... He, he was chatting about one of the... Uh, What's the fucking movies? The Jackass. Jackass, sorry, the Jackass movies and stuff like that. And then it got on to how they were on Jay Leno. And then it was on to how Jay, Lo- Jay Leno didn't really like them. And then it was on because Jay Leno copped that part of the last movie was filmed, not in, in that they set it up that they went to Africa to do a stunt. But Jay Leno came into the green room before the show and was like, was that last bit with the lion taking your hat off your head, biting your hat off? Was that filmed down the road in that studio? And I was like, shit, how did he know that? But you know what I mean? You would never have got that on radio where it's no. keeping it tight and all that bullshit, but allowing to have a natural conversation that just kind of goes it's down. It's free, free reign. Like, exactly. And it's just a normal conversation. That's why I think podcasts are kind of exploding in it's like, that. So, so Joe Rogan, some of them are like two, three hours long. Yeah, There's yeah. one with um, Michael Dowda from that documentary oh the, yeah yeah the New York Cop the New York Cop oh, what's the documentary the 7 the 7 5 or something oh 7, my god yeah. amazing documentary yeah, yeah but yeah. Michael Dowda was on the Joe Rogan oh was he oh my god it was went on for 2 or 3 hours yeah, yeah. and like exactly what you said there's elements of that interview that if he was on radio he'd be kind of a lot of 10-15 minutes yeah, but, uh, but yeah. even 10-15 minutes is long like if you look at like the, the talk show broadcast now you know, they're all you know they have to do it they're all formatted in a way but mm. it's you know, you've you've sections and you've commercial interests and you you've parts you can only do ten or fifteen minutes. You yeah. could never do. You might do if there's a massive tragedy or something. You do an hour yeah. or a whole show covering breaking news or kind of like that. Yeah. But you'd never get like an opportunity to have 
a good relaxed conversation yeah. with someone that'll lead to those real kind of the, the just feet, conversational the, moments that were originally great about radio but now it's all like we have got to time out for the news to the second and loads of ads yeah. as well the, the, uh, the feature length interview was something that I think has it's died to death in a way like because of that kind mm, of stuff yeah, that, yeah. like especially with commercial radio and that kind of thing as well but We've experienced it on this, where kind of, you know, like, I mean, Bruce Buffer was the perfect example. We had Bruce Buffer on the podcast about this time last year, actually. And um, he originally said, I'll give you sort of 15 minutes. Yeah. And we were coming up to the end of it, and I was like, Bruce, we need to let you go. But look, thanks for me. He was like, no, lads, keep going. I'm going yeah, through it. I'm always starting to enjoy it. Keep going. Yeah, and we there were you like, go. Fucking great. You know, they're, they're, just, you know <laughs> they're only starting to loosen up and get the yeah. blood flowing at that stage. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But uh, so that's why I think it's a, it's, a, it's a much freer format. And I think people, that's why they're exploding. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and yeah. popularity is because you can get more value out of a podcast. If you get a, a guest that people want to hear from, they're yeah. not, as I said, limited to, like, I've in radio you're timing out to the hour like we used to have to time out to the second as in you'd have to hit five o'clock five zero 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 because news was being pulled from another building yeah, if you know yeah, what i mean yeah so just nuts so you're always conscious of yeah. that and and have to chop down a lot of good stuff and leave a lot of good stuff out um which was kind of you know it is, it is what it is but i said that's where kind of podcasts like this i think are are, yeah. are starting to take over in a yeah, way with, with that kind of the, features the the rootless, rootlessness that you you mentioned there a minute ago in terms of when you were editing down for your radio that obviously helped big time in terms of your production with the project yeah. and stuff then like yeah you it, knew it, how to just be like no it's not gonna fit get it out it definitely and i said but i just always judged that off like the, the one piece of advice i was given um when I started radio, which I think was the best, was that when I was I was working for a radio station, I Radio, which are Midlands based, and uh, the, the program director there was like, we I was doing a late night show, which was a bit freer than afternoon and morning radio, so you could do more longer bits and you could do you know different features and kind of more interesting stuff but he was saying a link which is the bit where you're talking live on air between songs it's called industry it's called a link you know doing a, a link mm. whatever but he was saying it needs to be as long as it needs to be and no longer you know what i mean and i think that's what i keep in mind when doing the podcast as well it's not to kind of go oh shit my podcast is only half an hour long i was trying to aim for it to be 45 minutes it's like if it only needs to be half an hour it'll only be half an hour yeah, if it only yeah. if it needs to be 55 minutes it's going to be 55 minutes or an hour but i think just when i always notice if i'm drifting off listening back to the interview just that's the sign where i need to chop something do you know what i mean yeah, or i need yeah. to make it interesting and you'd often you know when i'm interviewing people someone you just repeat the same stuff yeah <laughs> two or three times so you just clean it up you just clean it up you know what i mean and a lot of it as well is like you know i'm probably even doing it now but lots of us and as and, and repeating so it's going yeah. through that and just trying to clean it up so that you're getting rid of repeat words and, and stuff that doesn't need to we keep in. all that don't we <laughs> yeah. keep all yeah. the gold you know that's it all the as all the as all the m's all the oh fuck what was it again yeah. <laughs> all the, we all stay in. But, but i think like because what i'm trying to do is a documentary so so it needs to be a little bit more yeah, cleaner yeah, as a conversational stuff it's just like having it's like being down the pub and having a pint you know what i mean you yeah. don't have to worry about editing your conversation in a pint which or in a pint in a pub <laughs> with a pint <laughs> we'll be in a pint soon with yeah. your um episode that i listened to the, uh, on influencers mm. what led you to want to do an episode about influencers uh it was a sheer anger and hatred uh, towards of, of the term of the term. Of, of, of the term itself and uh so not the people personally <laughs> uh, no not, not 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 the people uh some of the people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it was just kind of like i i just hated the term and I, I couldn't i couldn't verbalize why i hated the term right it was just something that was in my gut feeling i was like i hate this term um and it was an exploding area of online marketing and i was like you know what let's just 
I'd been bitching about it for long enough. So I was like, let's actually explore this and, and see what the crack is with influences and, and what it's all about. And, and, but yeah, the main reason was why uh, was because I didn't, I hate, just hated the term. And I think I figured out why I hate the term after going through that whole episode. Really? And I, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the, the reason I think people hate the word influencer is because as a job description, which people are, you know, we chatted just before we kind of went recording here, is that people are, you know, describing their jobs as influencers and they're putting in their bio, I'm an influencer. And as a job title, I just think that lacks so much clarity and description. It doesn't explain what you do. do you it's cringy I mean? as well, isn't it? It's cringy as well. But like, oh yeah, you know, you ask people and you're like, what do you do? You're like, oh, you're a plumber, you're an accountant, or you're a bar, you're a bar person, or, or you're a librarian, or you're an accountant. They all give you an image of what you do. Do you know what I mean? You, you can see oh okay i get what you do as a job and even like if it's a job you don't understand like if someone says you're a computer programmer i don't know how to do that but i understand oh you program computers grand okay i get it but an influencer is just confusing who are you influencing like what is it what do you mean influencing and then the same thing is it's cringy but i think it's a little bit people don't like being manipulated and it's a very close association between influence and manipulation and coercion do you know what i mean and people don't like someone coming up and saying i can change your behavior i can make you do something that you wouldn't have done because uh, I'm an influencer. I'm like, Darren Brown's an influencer. <laughs> you know what I mean? But these he's people a, are like, a good one. and he's that egotistically kind of going, I can make you do something you wouldn't normally have done and I'm doing it on behalf of a corporate brand and I've been working with loads of other corporate brands who all have mixed messages. You know, one minute I'm going to tell you to eat healthy, the next I'm going to tell you to have ice cream, and the next I'm going to tell you to go out drinking. And you know what I mean? So it's just this manipulative term where it's like, Oh, I'm so influential. And a load of people I talked in that podcast episode, the one thing that came out about influence itself is that influence is a byproduct of being educated or skilled or informed or experienced in something. But no one wants to put in the years or the money or the time to get educated or experienced or informed about something to become influential. They're just dismissing what it takes to be informed and they're saying, oh, I'm really influential. Everybody wants everything in an instant. Exactly. It's, it's the whole kind of Snapchat, Insta story kind of era, isn't it? Like, it's so easy to build up a following now. And, I, like, I think people are influential online. Like, don't get me wrong. It is. Obviously, it's where we're communicating now. Right now, this is online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But, as I said, just, yeah, to call yourself an influencer. It's like, what, what are you good at? What do you do? Like, what do you do? How can you help? Like, what value are you adding? Instead of going, I'm an influencer. Yeah. So, are the brands... Up. Are these brands saving money by going to these influencers uh, are they saving money uh, yeah. instead of going and getting a, I think a slot so. on radio or a, yeah, a slot on TV well at the moment I'd probably say they are because I mean radio radio broke I mean for like on average and I'm basing this across uh, let's just say news talk for example I don't know this because I researched it recently but for every, on average if you want one second of radio it'll cost you 13 euro 13 euro a per second. second yeah now when you break it down I think it's like 8,000 for like they do it in like 30 second or 20 second stings like so but yeah that's I just know that because I had to do it recently 13 euro a second so is that value for money in that would you say it depends on the time then as well I suppose you're given a a time slot as well right well that's it that's based on a certain (coughs) particular show like yeah you know what I mean but um but like some of these influencers and again I hate saying the word I know it's just it's (laughs) but some of these uh people are um They've got like 20 plus thousand people following mm. them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if they're going to get a chocolate bar out of their fridge, at least a thousand of them or 500 or whatever are going to say, oh, geez, I want that chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah. Or, or hunger or food. Like, I think it does. The, the biggest problem I think people have with influencers in Ireland right now is that 
people are venturing outside of their areas, if you know yeah. what I mean. So you have, uh, I saw one now, a friend of mine who I interviewed for the podcast, he's, he's involved, he works for a fairly large marketing company in Dublin, works with all these people. And he was, uh, uh, Electric Ireland came to him and said, we want you to put a proposal together for us on whether or not we should use influencers or not. Mm. So we, we don't know whether this is right for our brand. I think that's bizarre that, that those meetings are going on in I know, big company it, boardrooms. Exactly. Every and, day, and, man. He, every day he had to research this the pros and cons of when it works and when it doesn't work and i think people are getting pissed off because it's people who are you know he showed me one example of when a bad quote-unquote influencer campaign was, was really really badly done and they got like uh, a really successful fitness instagram personal trainer who had a massive following and they were doing a really poorly produced campaign for boomers and it, but it just it didn't fit. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're either about health and fitness or you're or about or drinking. And and to me, and I think to everyone you can see those two messages clash and, and they're kind of polar opposites. It's you're either drinking or you're fitness. And then you have people who are, uh, you know, just have, they don't care. They're losing their credibility because they're working with a drinks brand, a health a health food brand, an ice cream brand, a bank, a travel company. You know, they're, they're confusing what they're about. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're diluting their message. And it, that's why I think people... Because they're really, going into yeah. bed with, every, with well, everyone. That's it. And there's no, there's no credibility. But I think it's the brand's fault because even my mate was saying, he said, they can't... Ireland's so small that you can't criticize these companies that are doing it because the brands have all this money and they're throwing money at these people. And when... Like, if a fitness person who was really successful works, I think, with a fitness brand, that'll make sense and they'll make money and everyone will be happy. And I don't think people will be pissed off online. It's like, oh, well, this makes sense. Yeah. You're promoting a fitness product because you're a fitness person. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's when, yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you start venturing outside, I think that's when people get pissed off and are just confused. And that's when the influencers are losing credibility and yeah. trust that they've built up with their followers. Well, and the brands are getting damaged as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say about the trust thing because I've seen similar ones and like that was actually a fitness one. Now, it wasn't actually uh, boomers or alcohol related. It was... I'm almost certain it was like... It wasn't just eat, but it was something to do with like not healthy food. It's not food you would associate with being healthy anyway. Like, um, yeah, and like yeah. that, I was kind of like, this just seems this Wasn't the Hoyans uh, pop-up it shop, It might have been it? actually... The, the Heinz pop-up shop they hired a lot of these people yeah. to go along to the pop-up shop and I remember someone of like but it just seems disingenuous then it's kind of like yeah but know, that's exactly it like, two weeks ago you were telling me all about proteins and all about you know now beans on toast ketogenics and but all but like some now. of the money that people are getting offered it's really really hard to turn down oh, yeah, you know definitely. what I mean like the 10, money are you 10 grand about? I was Easy. talking to um, you know one of the girls that I interviewed and I don't know if it was in if I left it in the episode or not but you did, she mentioned about somebody she turned down 10 grand, grand yeah, yeah. yeah over 10 grand now it was kind of a mix between to me she was basically offered 10 grand for a it was for a drinks company to be the face of this campaign mm. and she turned it down because she was like that's not her she's into kind of fashion and beauty products and she was like that's not really she had to turn it down but at the same time like if this is what you're trying to make your career out of and someone's showing you like thousands of euros they're getting like four or five six hundred quid for a tweet do you know what i mean just one tweet and they're getting four or five hundred quid and to show up to an event you could be depending on who you are it's everything from 250 quid up to two or three or four grand just to show up and take some photos and some Snapchats. Do you know what I mean? So that's the stupid money that's out there. Do you know what I mean? That's crazy. Do they have to prove their followers? uh, Yeah, but I know some people who Photoshop their followers and who manipulate them um, and show them into the brands so that they're like, you know, inflated it so they can get gigs and get jobs. Sure, if they Photoshop them, the person just go onto their account. How can you tell Snapchat followers? 
I don't have a Snapchat, but I'm just thinking like, well, maybe somebody wouldn't be trying it with Twitter. You can't actually. tell Snapchat followers. Yeah, so your personal stories, you wouldn't be able to figure it out. But I know, and yeah. that's <laughs> that's another person, and the, the, like that's from someone that's who is crazy. the epitome of everything. Who is everything yeah. is wrong with it? And he uh, recently um, put an influencer campaign together for a large bank, um, an online campaign, and just put himself in it. He's working as a marketing manager and just put himself in it because he wants to become an influencer. And he put himself in this campaign associated with everyone else and he photoshops and inflates his statistics. And a lot of people just buy, you know, followers off the clickbanks or the that's, whatever. That's something that I, I can't get my head around. Yeah. That yeah. People are buying and it's like thousands of followers. Like you buy literally thousands. Yeah. There's of a professional like, wrestler in America called, you know, remember Ryback? Ryback. The big muscle me head. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, the big huge lad. Yeah, he bought he buys his followers. He's like one point something million followers. Serious. And it was found that he was buying all his followers because everyone was wondering That's... he's not that popular. Arrest <laughs> yeah. How does yeah, he yeah. have that many followers? Yeah, I don't know. Like it's, I, I suppose. Look, if it, if it, can we do that for the podcast? Yeah, we can, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can eighty billion followers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also that whole thing, isn't it? It's that mob mentality. It kind of legitimizes something that somebody looks at and they say, "Oh, look at that five hundred thousand! Jesus, I might follow yeah, them." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it, but it goes back to then. You're saying it legitimizes. It goes back to the whole blue tick thing yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Like that was introduced, so celebrities weren't going to be uh, kind of people yeah. pretending to yeah, be yeah, celebrities. Yeah, yeah. And now. Every time Dick and Harry has one. Yeah. Except for us. Except for us. And I agree. Twitter. I think that does legitimize certain uh, profiles on Twitter. But yeah. when you see someone that has done like a month's fitness course and has a blue tick because they're... Well, the ones that get me are the lads who... The, the, the nutritionists. Because... Uh, now, I'm 99% saying I have this right nutritionist isn't a protective term I could call myself nutritionist and anybody looking at me knows the only thing I know about nutritionists to do with spice bags <laughs> <laughs> but dietitian on the other hand yeah, yeah. is the protective term yeah, yeah. So and like, the Dietitians Association of Ireland have clear guidelines warning people about the advice from nutritional therapists yeah. saying that they're not qualified and they're not healthy there's no uh uh, governing body for nutritional therapists there is yeah. with dietitians because it's a proper degree course whereas well, you can just collect 20 stamps off the back of exactly. a cornflakes box and now um, you're a nutritional yeah. therapist so these people can't say they're dietitians but they're no they can they're they nutritional them, yeah. therapists but, like, like, but they're given dietary requirements for oh, they're, they're out there, there yeah. Yeah. Like there was nutritionist, one, nutritionist is the dietitian what two theologists is the dentist <laughs> do you know what I mean I've seen another one uh, give out sex education to uh a lot of the person's followers were female uh, teenagers mm. and the next day this person was on a tabloid paper being plotted for um, yeah, yeah. giving sex education advice because his followers were telling him that oh we never get this in school thank you so much for we didn't know this we didn't know mm. that but like yeah I don't know can you not like how can people have the internet Exactly, <laughs> but, but that's the problem with the culture in media. But you had Dr. Well. Kira Kelly on on, yeah, yeah. on the episode, and like, how is this person qualified? But the, the thing about it is, that's what I was asking her. Like, it, it, I was asking her how frustrated a qualified doctor is because the, the doctors can't mention any of this stuff because they're bound by whatever ethics and, and they have yeah. a much higher standard of they won't. You know, you can't say anything until it's proven with research and it's not speculation or anecdote. It's oh, you should try this. It's like well, none of that's been proven and that's why they're trained. But the unfortunate thing is, what's really annoying is that uh, 
there are people less qualified with a bigger audience than a trained doctor. Yeah, Do you know course, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's the, you know, the anti-vaccine movement that's come out oh. now. She was saying there's no, numerous people, preventable deaths of young girls who got, who got cancer because they didn't get HPV because these flat earthers are, you know, claiming that the vaccines don't work. Please and, tell and me you're doing an episode on flat earth. Uh, doing one on uh, kind of fake news and conspiracy theories. Yeah, so do, it'll, yeah. it'll be covering in that. But it's just, it's just frustrating because... There, and then on the other side as well, there's a lot of genuine people who are putting out really good content online who are either reviewers or bloggers or youtubers who are you know breaking their backside trying to make something of themselves but they're just i like bloggers though you is there a difference i yeah. think because so. i read i read blogs like yeah i would say there is a difference. i would say, yeah no i think but this is the thing like a blog can be influential you know what I mean? But the, and, the, and the best ones wouldn't call themselves influencers. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? what I mean. So it's like, yeah, no, I, like. And they wouldn't be tagging every brand in their bloody blog. Yeah, yeah. And I said, or if, 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 you know, if they were, I think it's usually a clearer. Once the partnership makes sense and is clear with an online sponsorship or a brand, mm. I think it, that no one has a problem with that. It's yeah, just, yeah. as you say, is this guy getting paid to take this wisp out of his fridge? Yeah. Or why is this person here? Well, why are they at that event? Because nine times out of ten, they're paid to go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're paid hundreds and hundreds of euros, thousands of euros to just show up at an event. But you often yeah. see as well, if you're following, I remember following a few of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. don't anymore. But I remember what pushed it over the edge for me was that the five or, first, five or six of them at the same time in the afternoon were getting these hampers. Oh, look what so-and-so sent me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you know? Then I was yeah. like, here, I'm done. Use it all. This is all. This is a setup. I've just been done like the Truman yeah. Show. Um. Yeah, no, no, when I when I was working in spin, it was the same thing. Like PR companies send you in all this stuff uh, because they want you to mention it on air. You know, they want you to mention stuff, and uh, it's part of their strategy of you know we'll allocate a certain budget to hopefully rather than just sending in a boring press release where you know no one's going to read press releases. They try and obviously up the ante and kind of yeah. send you a gift, so you'd be like, oh, thanks a million for whoever to send that in. And it kind of does work because in a way, if you're getting all this free shit into it, you feel a little bit guilty because sometimes it's like a bottle of whiskey or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean it's, it's serious. You know, it wouldn't be cheap or whatever. You'd be like, oh, fuck. But like, I just, I, I kind of steered away from it because it, it, there's, n- there's no reason anyone who was, follows me wants to see me get free things. I like, just don't see the benefit. You're not obliged, are you, if they're sending it into the regular No, no not at all. Oh. No, not at all. Not obliged at all. But oh. like uh, I said, does, why would someone who's following, why does someone who's following you want to see you, the free shit you're getting? I just yeah. think it's a little bit, I know you want to thank the people who sent it to you, but it's just kind of like uh, here look what, what benefit is for anyone who follows you to kind of say oh hey look I got this for free see you yeah. bye thanks yeah. I don't, I don't. Um, the first episode from the the Project 10 series was on drugs yeah, yeah. and decriminalizing them and that kind of thing you had some interest actually uh, Dave McWilliams who'll be featuring with us uh, oh on your on live our, show on our live mm, show yeah that was a great crack um, he had interesting stuff to say but also like I mean the people that you're pulling in for, even for this like because you're getting kind of opinions from Different yeah, you know, yeah. areas now, which is brilliant. Like, yeah. but, I mean, the 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 drugs one kind of was ranting that kind of shocked. You. I was ranting that stood out when you were talking to the the, the like the doctors and that. And that um, and one of the interesting things with that there was a guy, Doctor Johnny Connolly, who did a massive research paper back in 2014, I think, and he was looking at an evidence based approach of like loads of different local communities about the impact, positive and negative, that drug dealing has in local communities. And I was kind of surprised just chatting to him because he was like. Uh, positive yeah that, that's it yeah because he said in really really deprived areas and he said no this is really reported on but really deprived areas where young teenagers are being recruited to like transfer drugs or hold drugs or hold guns that provides a form of income and employment to local areas where there's nothing you know what I mean like really deprived areas that 
that provides a, a means for the family to live um, just because they're getting extra cash for doing these things and what happens is when it's cracked down on drugs in that area you're cutting off that source of extra income which is negatively impacting on let's say really poor families and on top of that as well he was saying the negative impact of it is if you catch a teenager let's say a 16 year old has been asked to hold a thousand euro worth of drugs right teenager gets caught he still owes the thousand euro worth of drugs so he's saying that you've made an intervention now this young kid might have just been holding that for one more day and that might have been the extent of his involvement forever right he got a couple of hundred quid he was grand but when you remove when you you know take the drugs off and the dealers still expect a thousand euro worth of drugs off you they don't care it's not like oh okay well that's lost don't worry about it and they use that as a way to recruit them into more serious aspects of the crime you know what i mean it's like well you still owe me a thousand euro worth of drugs so you're gonna now you know transport this gun over somewhere else or it, it, it kind of weeds them in to get involved more seriously with drugs by clamping down if that makes sense so yeah. i thought that was surprising as well um it's a bizarre way to look at it isn't it yeah but he was looking at all these things of like it, it just trying to look at the evidence of it is that it, it provides a form of income and employment and when you take that away that there is negative impacts in the short term of, mm. of that into that community and i said it can lead to in the long run young people getting more involved in more serious aspects because now they're indebted to a drug dealer as opposed to just being able to ship it off you know what i yeah. mean and, and kind of just be clean their hands with it and they're screwed and, and the, the, other, the other bit that surprised me was the, the first guy i talked to was a professor of economics and he was like legalized drugs across the board you know what i mean it was just like mm. everything from you know weed to heroin he was just like legalize it commercialize it because you're going to put uh, safety commercial liability on the producers of the drugs and you're going to make them safer and you're going to hold them to a standard as opposed to having you don't know what's in cocaine or heroin or, or ecstasy out in the streets and so they're using that as a safety measure um um but it yeah they were kind of that that one was interesting you know for me yeah. a lot which was kind of like ah oh, weird didn't think of the, the income from from drugs you know what i mean yeah. the negative impact of clamping down and yeah. you see you don't hear about that because it's not a gang gang shooting that'll make the news but he said this happens on a regular basis absolutely yeah you know? it's crazy yeah, yeah. The, the thoughts of legalizing heroin cocaine is mental isn't it mm, yeah like a few other people that i chatted to were like you know stopping at the heroin and crack cocaine because yeah. i said it's so dangerously addictive that you know the state has a role to play in making sure that shit doesn't hit the fan but if you legalise that do you think that it would cut drug use would come down I don't know because I, I said this to Dave McWilliams I was like if you legalise drugs surely you're going to increase the supply of it and you're going to increase consumption and he was like no he was like you know people who do drugs he said there's still an awful lot of people who are doing drugs anyway um, and that there are addicts who will continue to use regardless whether it's a legal or illegal substance and that it may not increase at all. It may, it may, I don't know if it will come down, but he was like, it may not increase. And the same thing happened with, with with alcohol prohibition, according to the Dr. Mark Thornton, who we interviewed. He was saying it just kind of changed, not total consumption, but the type of consumption. So people went from drinking whis- or beer and wine, which were like low alcohol, to whiskey and vodka. And said that's why cocktails were created was during prohibition because the alcohol was so disgustingly strong that that they needed sweet things to offset the taste. Yeah. So that's where all day thousands of recipes came from. So he was saying that that and then when prohibition was repealed, the consumption patterns went back to beer and wine at normal levels. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it can kind of making it illegal can kind of change it. I don't know if like because I don't think people I don't you, not that you can't but like getting addicted to ecstasy is very uncommon. You yeah. know, it's not it's not 
that kind of addictive thing you do it if you're going to a rave in a jungle kind yeah, of yeah. thing. And if I mean, you're doing it every week, though, is it an addiction? Uh, like anything that changes your brain chemistry, you can become addictive. But yeah. in comparison to all the other drugs, like alcohol and tobacco, it's 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 not as addictive as them at all because yeah. it's it's such a once off. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't do it as much as you, you do alcohol. You I know, think I think I think a lot of people this day and age have a big reliance on cocaine. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Well, it's the, the whole thing of the Celtic Tigers back, isn't it? The Celtic yeah. Thing, and that was the the soup du jour back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, like, but yeah. if the, I think, like, people seem to be down, the, like, on a Saturday afternoon in the pub. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if they're out, you're guaranteed they're not just drinking. Mm. Like, that's an addiction to me. Yeah. But, yeah, it's that whole thing of they're chasing the bulls, though. It's not necessarily the drug that has the the addictive tendencies. That's more so, I think, an addictive personality that's chasing a buzz as opposed to like. Uh, do you get me? I'm not yeah. Sure do you think they'll? Ch- do you think if if that was legalized, would they want to chase that buzz? Yeah, yeah, like not it, saying that you could get it in a bar. You could get two lines with a point. <laughs> <in it, or laughs> you scabby, never know. Can't be frozen that line there, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know? But like, I often wondered about cocaine use. I mean. Like, like it's part of the attraction because it's illegal. It, I think yeah. so, but I always, I always when I share these views, sometimes I always get called a party pooper. But I'm just wondering. I'm just trying to get into the mindset of, let's say, a male in mid thirties, yeah, going out, and every Saturday they do cocaine, yeah, just for the lift or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to get into, and that person could have kids, and I'm just trying to establish. With all the facts out there with legalized cocaine, illegal, sorry, illegal cocaine, all the reports that come out, that when they come out, it's always like 80% of this cocaine was actually talcum powder mm. or washing up liquid. Mm. Or, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> dad's detergent or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like. The whitest white. Yeah, what, yeah. I just don't understand why. I can't get my head around why someone in that it's demograph. Yeah, it's because you're not doing, doing it then. It's because week. you're not doing enough coke, man. <laughs> you need to do a bit more coke. That's we'll it. finish this next week, and uh, you go out now. Tell me now, man. Two Saturdays out with me, and you'll be loving life. I, like I can't get my head around it, but I find it fascinating at the same time that people. And it's not only I'm just using the description of a, a male mid thirties, but it's female as well. Ah, mid thirties, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and there's a they have a huge reliance. When they go out on a Friday, sometimes they don't come back on a Monday, mm. and they're mad things. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm, that's completely just I get turned off by all that. Yeah. But it seems to be the whole but, norm. Yeah, and that's like that's cocaine wouldn't be my buzz at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, the way I look at it, it's kind of it's happening, mm. and if you legalize the like it, it, it is illegal, and you said so many people. Are doing coke at the moment, and mm. I, I like even people I thought would never touch it are doing yeah. loads of it now. Yeah, and uh, so many people are doing coke that I'm like, not that the market's maxed out, but they're gonna do it anyway, whether it's legal or not. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And there's so much of it being done that if you legalize it, would it increase by much? Probably not, because there is so much of it being done. So I'm kind of take the viewpoint that. Even if you hate drugs and even if you hate cocaine, you hate the impact it has and turns people into, as you said, arseholes, they're going to do it. It's going to continue happening. Yeah. And if you think it's it's very, very negative, it's like, well, shouldn't it start 
contributing something towards society instead of having this like tax-free cash-only status where arseholes are going out and they're getting they're doing it regardless whether it's legal or not but there's no there's no contribution back to society with regard to even for things like tax do you know what i mean but this is the thing and i'm going on a tangent but um brace yourself did he (laughs) how do we treat those people then do we look up to them because the more like as i get older the more alarmed i get by professional people that do the drugs yeah yeah like drugs in do the drugs in my late teens my late teens early 20s i would have been naive to think that a teacher would be sniffing coke at the weekend mad for it do you know what i mean a nurse a doctor that's how half them get through their nine o'clock lessons man but 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 that's why they had to change the blackboards. That was all coke <laughs> and lemon <laughs> chocolate. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's a, a big line of coke. <laughs> you don't get the same balls off sniffing a whiteboard marker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I just, I just think cocaine is just mad. I've never tried cocaine, yeah, yeah. but I just think the users of cocaine. It seems like it's in the majority this day and age. Yeah, yeah. Than the minority. Yeah, and it seems that. It's from people from all walks of yeah, life. Yeah. Doctors who we trust, nurses yeah. who we trust, yeah, yeah. teachers who are looking after our kids, firefighters, guardy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it's yeah, like yeah. just I'm just going. Sorry, you're seeing, just per, going you're seeing perplexed here, man. I'm just perplexed as to how do we judge those people in society. Well, well when you say judge, judge, these are these are people, in my opinion, that should be looked up to. And so, right, so, so I'm wondering, are we like if we legalize? cocaine well alright can I turn it because I mean I, I think I don't even know what point they're making I'm just well, thinking I, out loud I think I don't know maybe I just picked up on something you said there right? but I think it's fair to say kind of most people even people in their 30s would still look up to kind of musicians and that and they'd be like oh he's cool yeah I'd love to be more like him or you know what I mean whatever and I mean it wouldn't exactly be a secret to say that an awful lot of celebs or musicians or whatever would be fond of you know, those sort of party or designer drugs, like, mm. and yet people can look up to them. So why is, is there different criteria applied? No, I don't know. No, but you see, I, I that's a good point about musicians and all. But and I, I just think stuff. that the association with drugs is its association and link with criminality that people are uncomfortable with. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like actually, yeah, that's it's the link it. to scumbags, quote unquote, and and the link to funding criminal organizations and that link of. You don't see yourself as a criminal. You don't. You don't want to aspire to someone who's supporting criminal behavior. Yeah, and so, those criminals are from working class areas, say. Yeah, and their their demand is from the upper class. Upper class. Yeah, upper class. It's gas, isn't People, it? Yeah, and they're they're, they're funding that. So it's like I, I often wonder if if in let's say fifty years time, if it was just legalized and if it was just normalized, as in uh, you could go for a pint or you could go for something with cocaine in it or something with marijuana that all mm. those drugs and kind of alter your head were just normalized and you weren't judged for 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 doing it you know what i mean i think yeah. the judgment is because of the link direct link to violence and murder yeah, and, yeah. and you're like and you know the, the trafficking that goes on and and everything colombia and all around the world where shit's hitting the fan and yeah you are funding that people don't like to admit that you're funding that's what it is you know and now it's like but that's one that's one of the one of the arguments why I'd say, you know, we're probably better off legalizing because I'd say that's an approach to dismantling a lot of the negativity around it or taking 
it's, you're stopping to fund the violent criminals, and you're stopping yeah. to fund, and you're stopping to fuel the, you know, high-priced violence that's yeah. controlling territory the and borders and stuff. Yeah, because you know they they use violence to protect their territory instead of a marketing campaign. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not taking out. They're not getting an influencer. <laughs> they're not getting <laughs> do, do a few lines. Well, some of them are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do a few lines on the Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean so I think I think it's still it's still a dirty association do you know what I mean yeah. it's like drugs it's like I, okay I don't think weed is because weed has a slightly I don't think it's as, as negatively perceived as cocaine would be or even it seems to have it seems to have it seems to have modernized and there is the whole thing yeah there's a whole thing about weed being medicinal as well yeah. and you know so you have that kind of some sort of proven benefit there's no medicinal benefit to cocaine I don't think no. unless you're bollocks tired or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you know what I mean but it's just it's a, it's a weird one uh, I know exactly on yeah. Saturday night yeah. that's it and I think that's why a lot of a lot of people wouldn't want it but I think like it, just by keeping it illegal you're 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 keeping that link there with criminality and you're keeping yeah. that perception of it and you're also keeping hundreds of millions tax-free taken out of the real economy and going to criminals like the coke market for in, in Europe is worth 32 billion 32 billion a year yeah yeah and what about the Pepsi market well <laughs> that has seen a stiff decline in the, in the last while so it's a weird one as I said you know people are still uncomfortable with drugs but it's happening anyway yeah you know what I mean I think so, in fairness you hit, you've hit the nail on the head there because even when we were having that entire conversation that whole kind of like behind the curtain thing of yeah, like yeah. the trafficking element you know yeah. the, the, the people who are basically enslaved in a kind yeah, of yeah yeah and the murders that, that hadn't come into my head at all until yeah. you start saying you're like actually that really would put me off the only yeah. <laughs> is this fair trade coke <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean I'm just I, but on the flip but on the flip side of that as well is you see what's happening in the Philippines is that there the president of the yeah. Philippines is literally ordering his his police force insane. to murder people who are who are just suspected of being involved with drugs so if you go full tank extreme clamp down his police force have killed something like uh, no I'm go, uh, these figures aren't accurate but literally thousands of people yeah. in the last year it's like probably 10 or 20,000 people just because they're yeah. suspected of yeah. being and to, involved to clamp it down, he's, he yeah. has like put a call out to his police force and anyone like in the military and the police force that if anyone just kill them yeah. anyone like as, as I said like, and if you were to do that here that 16 year old is holding 100 euro worth of hash uh, yeah. you can take him out and kill him and yeah. there you go like you know he mean? like literally he like I know the is, that war- who, is that your man who Trump quoted Oh no, I did. Trump quotes. I don't yeah. know. A lot yeah. of quotes from that guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, you constantly hear of the war on drugs. Like the Philippines have taken it to a new level. Oh yeah. Like it is insane what's going on over there. And didn't he just this week as well? Like cut. I can't remember what it was like some sort of funding that like in any other humanitarian aid or something like that. He's cut it to like sixty. Right. They couldn't to sixty in euro or something like that. And people are like, um, it's a bit dodgy. Sixteen there. euro. Yeah, the equivalent of sixteen oh, euro. It's right. like to the point where kind of people are looking at it and are saying, uh, "It's starting to look a bit like a dictatorship over there." Actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that yeah, one yeah. kind of slipped under the radar. We've been watching North Korea, but this lands up to something. Yeah, um, like America. God, Jesus. Yeah. So, like, that's the other one. I just think it is. It is a. It's. A, it's not a black and white issue at all. You know no. what I mean? It's, it's so it's, complex, it's, isn't it? It's a complex one. But and then a part of me is like. I, you know, you, you, you want to admit it or not, but you'll always judge someone you see out in the streets a junkie who's doing heroin. You'd never want to aspire to that. You know what I mean? They're in a shitty situation in yeah, life. That's and you're kind of like, valid, yeah. And you, and you don't want to do that. But at the same time, there's a weird... A part of me is like, you know, if... if should you be allowed to do whatever you want to do once you're not interfering with anyone else in a way? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like, if you want to do coke, yeah, do coke. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it if... If you're not affecting me with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not affecting the wider society. If that's your buzz, 
I'm going for a pint. If you want to go for a line, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, whether that's wishful thinking in, in reality, would it play out like that? I don't know. But yeah. it's just kind of like you can feel uncomfortable with people who do it, but then you kind of take a step back and you're like, well, I'm putting alcohol into me or I'm, you know, having a coffee. I'm not the same, but <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just a, a, a weird line to a weird line to draw and I just don't think it's it's you know I've been snorting it off a table it just doesn't look good either do you know yeah. what I mean it's a big point you can just sit there and even with a smoke you're just there you know relaxing it's no big deal but a line of coke you have to you have yeah. to do it in the jacks or? yeah like it's real seedy it's, it's, seedy it's what it is it's in the jacks it's a fucking not a, yeah, a night thing you don't sneak in if you have to sneak in with a nagging to the jacks like your underage discos <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah 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 so I don't know it's, it's, it's mad it's, it's such a it's a messy one yeah, yeah. I think it is like um, I think it's mad so your your two episodes in, yeah. are you able to kind of tell us what's coming up in the rest of it? Yeah, or, the, yeah? the next episode working on at the moment is uh, automation and yeah. what's that going to impact on, on the future of jobs, basically. So looking at the whole area of, you know, are we going to have any... There's two kind of sides of the story. One is like automation is going to liberate hum- humankind from doing laborious work. And then the other one is like no one's going to have any jobs and the economy is going to collapse and there will be riots in the streets because no one will have any money. So I just kind of... Um, in the middle of producing that and getting that uh, going, I just think it's a, uh, it, it's it's an interesting area. I, I'd lean more on the side of uh, the doomsday scenario because I think taxi drivers burning out a lot of Teslas. Well, there you go. Like that yeah. would probably actually happen. Didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. But like that's mad. When like think like taxi drivers in the next few years, taxi drivers are gone. Lewis drivers, bus drivers, pilots, yeah. and even them. Like how big of impact the economy? That do you think? Has. The, do you think that'll that'll happen? Yeah. Well, put it this way: like we're at a point now where. You know, like, e- even just the subtle shift of, like, you don't ring a taxi, a taxi rank or whatever anymore, or, like, a taxi Doing company. You, you use Halo or one of them, do you know what I mean, or whatever it's called now. Um, My taxi. That's the one, yeah. Like, you don't, or even, like, like there's so many subtle changes to kind of a- an automated process already that it's not gone full automated, but it's kind of putting the power in the user's hand. That if you Are we not miles away from all that, though? No. But there's already driverless trains. Yeah. In uh, the monorail, and uh, mate of mine lives in Malaysia. He's saying the monorail is driverless. It's just automated. The monorail think, in Vegas. I was going to say, think of the monorail in Vegas only on a bigger scale. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, like there is absolutely no end to the possibilities. Cars, though, on motorways. Yeah. And yeah. in the UK, they're bringing out driverless lorries this year, testing them out on yeah. motorways. And they've already done that in California already. But is there is there someone in in the command center doing remote control with this? No, no it's, it's thousands of cameras and sensors. and It's fully you know, autonomous, like, as in, like, imagine there's people that are testing it, so they're obviously monitoring it. Yeah. But there's no one driving it. It's driving itself. Do you know yeah. what I mean? This is a monitor. And, like, they're, they're yeah, deemed, yeah, it is. They're deemed safer <laughs> because it, it eliminates human error. Like, the chances of a computer making a mistake compared to a human making a mistake. Yeah, like, a computer can look forwards, backwards, left and right at the, at the, in, same, at the same time. Yeah, and process all that. Yeah. It'll process all that at once. Whereas we're very much so, if we have to check our mirror on the left, we can't see straight ahead of us. So if there's a sudden stop there while we're checking our mirror, our reaction time won't be anywhere near as quick as a computer. So infinite times more safety, apparently. A mate of mine uh, that used to work with got a new Volkswagen, and in it is a blue motion safety driving thing, right? Yeah. And that has auto-assisted braking on it. Yeah. And uh, so, like, if something pulls out in front, it'll break before he realizes there's something. And it's happened a few times with him. Um, and things like yeah, has a auto parking as well. They have, don't they? Yeah, yeah auto parking themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, Lane assist. You start to drift lanes. It automatically pulls you back in. 
That's yeah. fucking weird. That is when the, that the, the, the speed control thing and on it. He was showing us. He would just left it on cruise control at 120 kilometers, and a lorry kind of pulled out in front, so it just naturally slowed down. When the lorry pulled back in, it just sped up again to yeah. the speed. So, like, part of me can't wait because you'll be able to go out and drink and get yeah. fucked, and you just have a free ride home. Do you know, you don't have to worry about in town. Will be a nightmare, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the things I was well, suggesting what, is for, this just for because businesses don't want to pay people. I think so. Yeah, plays a huge part. But I was thinking of this, right, from a business point of view, right, like, the problem is, I think you're going to get to a point where businesses are going to move forward with wanting to automate everything and realize that they've made everyone unemployed and now they have no money to buy their shit. So there's going to be a problem there. They're like, we're fully automated, we've no labor, but then people have no disposable income at all. But if you look at it, right, if you were in any company at all, robots can go 24-7 and they're far more productive yeah. there's no office politics there's no sick. no one sleeping no. with each other at the Christmas party no sick days no <laughs> sick days there's no bitching there's no there's no nothing it's, it, yeah. it takes away so much HR hassle where it's like you know no yeah, no annual leave issues it's not like saying yeah. oh Graham you can't go because Danny's taking that week off and you're like well I've already booked it. that shit is gone it's just robots so what does yeah. the human race do then? nothing but you see, the other argument is like, oh, everyone's free to pursue like creative endeavors and get to the who they really are as people. But at the same time, that's what I mean. Like, I, that's why I think it's a, more of a doomsday yeah. scenario because if you ask a, a taxi driver who's been taxiing for 20 years, yeah. or just become a computer programmer. Yeah. What? What's a delivery driver going to do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody who's literally just been like doing deliveries in a van, a man in a van for, you know, 20 odd years. Like, there you go. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And all of a sudden they're told, by the way, mate, there's a forklift that'll take that on and off by itself and we don't need you actually to be in the cab anymore because that it's all done like yeah and everyone else in the company is automated as well yeah so that's kind of what i want to try and find out is there any job that can't be automated so have you done this episode yet in the middle of doing it at the moment and where's your research bringing you uh there's at the moment looking at um there was a paper done by uh two guys in oxford um who published a paper a couple of years ago and basically saying that like 47 to 50 percent of all jobs will be gone by 2040 <laughs> jesus you know what i mean they'll all be automated that's, that's worrying. But, but like it's just like there's pe- petrol stations are now automated yeah. your check-in in the airport is automated yeah. tesco is automated and yeah. you see what amazon bought whole foods yes so that they don't need checkout tills anymore what they're going to do is they ha- I don't know how they've done this, but they have an automated system where you go in with your bag to something linked with your app. There's cameras and sensors everywhere. You do all your shopping and you put it in a bag. You just walk out the door oh, and yeah. it charges your card. It knows what you've bought based on what you've picked up off the shelf and put in your bag. And you don't talk to anyone. You just come yeah. in and you walk out. And you could yeah, automate the stacking of those shelves. Yeah. I imagine somehow automate the cleaning of all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll do it more efficiently. Yeah, yeah. I mean? Like 100%. It'll face and everything off on a shop and, and all and that. And people complain about that. But if you're told, well, you will never have to queue up at a checkout ever again. Oh, listen. There so, you go. But we're all just going to be on social welfare. And that's it's funny you mention that because the next episode, that those three episodes that I'm doing are kind of linked. One is on automation. The other one is on a four-day working week. Like if we have all this improved technology yeah. why aren't we working less because we can produce the same output so we should be working less and find a balance and then the one after that is on uh, universal basic income which is the dough it's free money for everyone um, and yeah. finland have rolled it out now at the minute but it's basically giving everyone the equivalent of uh in u.s terms it is the dough it's like a thousand dollars whatever it is to make sure you don't go below the poverty line you get yeah. that even if you have a job you'll still get that so people who do and don't have a job will get this basic safety net of money just given out by the government as a way sorry as a way to kind of 
live and support yourself so that if you do want to try go full-time with a business you have that safety net where regardless of what's happening you're getting this money and that's yeah that's the way it'll go we'll all be on the fucking dope madness madness graham jeez thanks for coming in for Fucking hell. I'm, I'm looking forward to this though, man. I'm looking forward to Where it. Where did Project yeah. 10 come from, the name? Oh, it's such a shite name, I know. <laughs> I like it. I, I was going to look at that. That was the hardest part of it because I was I was there kind of going, like trying to come up with a, a, a name for it. Um, and it's literally just because there's 10 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they're doing. Just doing 10 episodes in series one, if you want to call it. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah so just, 10 episodes yeah. of series. 10 episodes of series and trying to get it out that way. So it was literally just hours trying to come up with buzzwords in my in my bedroom me and the missus had like literally hundreds of uh post-its just yeah. writing up different words and throwing them on the wall literally hundreds trying to figure out a stupid name and you think it'd be easier and it was just at the end you know trying to come up with something catchy and something that would reflect what i was doing and i was like oh i couldn't think of events so it was just like doing 10 episodes it's a podcast project so let's yeah. just I call think it's it deadly. I think it's what, what, what were the other ones I can't remember. I honestly can't. Doesn't I, matter. I, you don't want people associate. You want them just thinking Project yeah, 10. Yeah, let's no, just keep on Project 10. I am, I'm sure I have a list of... Uh, I would be on Google same. Drive now for you because the, the list will be... Oh, right what lives did we go through? Oh, Jesus. We went through fucking some absolute shit rags. I tell you that much, man. And then we eventually... But it's so hard, like, because you're, 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 that's, you're identifying your whole oh. brand by that, for want of a better word. Like, we... we I mean, me and Marrow used to work together and uh, we, our take our, we take our tea breaks would literally go downstairs and be like what about this what about that what about this? and then eventually it just got to the point you know everybody says what's the story why don't we just call it what's the story you didn't yeah. like what's the story at the start though i was the one who suggested what's the story at the start <laughs> no i did you, you said you said what's the, you said what's the crack no i didn't i think Lindsay said what's the crack anyway look That's it doesn't matter we came to what's the story anyway and now it's wts part because <laughs> nobody likes saying the full fucking thing <laughs> people are lazy That's yeah, it, we man. came up was trying to come up with something that was in in some way as as creative as radio lab but yeah. it just didn't work um yeah. what was it oh the wireless party a lot of these sound like a band you'd see it back in uh, <laughs> That's like, yeah ep yeah. <laughs> um, for one year and then it'd fade off into obscurity <laughs> <laughs> yeah the 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 audio perspective uh, what that's a mouthful. That's that's a yeah. project ten is dead. Radio pod project ten. It does what it says in the tin. You know what I mean? Ten Falls episodes. Off the what off type the of uh, subject? What one are you looking forward to dwelling into? There's one I'm doing on um, uh, offend, offense. Why people get offended? So the um, correctness and all that. Uh, yeah, but what I want to try and do is look at it from like. Uh, is there any biological reason as to why you get offended? Like, is there an evolutionary purpose to being offended? Oh. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, if we're getting, like, is there a purpose um, to surviving by being offended, if that makes sense? Well, yeah, so rather than just because everyone's doing the political correctness stuff and it's very easy to so get into Twitter around that. Angle at I just yeah. want to be interesting to see if there's a, like, kind of, you know, the way there's always, there's a re- argument that religion and people's faith might have an evolutionary reason mm. to it for whatever reason but the same is is the same with is the same with offense is there a part of your brain that lights up when you get offended and why is that there and does does it help you know does it help it probably does in some way get society to progress yeah, in yeah. some in some way shape or form but that's kind of one i'm looking forward to as well the three the ones on automation and free money and stuff like that i think are going to be yeah I'm looking they're not easy to subjects to research like no but th- what i'm trying to do is find subjects that have data on them so yeah. that you can yeah. find 
not the truth, but so that there's numbers to back up everything. You know what I mean? Like right. the drugs one, there was numbers on the murder rate and prohibition and the drugs market right now and, and, and things like that. And with influencers, there's numbers on the money being spent on it and stuff like that. So I think well, what I like is you can make an argument, but it's better if you can let the data tell you absolutely first yeah. and foremost as yeah. opposed to going well I think this that and the other uh, and you can shite on for a while but if you can say that well actually I say like the 32 billion worth of coke being traded in Europe you know you take 20% of that for tax what could that do do you know what I mean yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, kind of look at it that way I just think like the great thing about the internet is all that information is there for free but no one's using it I don't think or as much as they could because it's boring do you know what I mean yeah so people it's rather to, opinions they, they, they rather yeah. the sensationalist bullshit that's yeah. online as opposed to looking at well actually fake hang news on, fake news yeah, yeah. or cat videos well leave them alone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a glorious pastime of cat video watching you know what I mean ah there's nothing on telly we'll be sick on the cats go on them I, I always live on our like 17 minute of fail compilations ah, you know what I mean listen, <laughs> listen kids getting hit in the face by giant balls is always great <laughs> so just that has two meanings um, yeah but yeah but um the, the, the podcast is one thing yeah. but um, very quickly before we let you go then as well people can see it in various places uh, making people laugh basically uh, yeah so I do uh, stand up comedy as well um, my twitter handles are like at coma comedy and at coma comedy on instagram so I'm gigging tonight and on show but the usual places like the stag's head runs brilliant comedy yeah. night if you're ever there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday um, the international obviously is seven nights a week uh, I said on show and doing right after we do this um, and then you're, you're not doing radio so much anymore are you? no left radio back in May yeah under dubious circumstances mm, oh which, yeah oh okay oh. which for legal reasons we won't go into when the mics are on yeah. <laughs> I was wrong because I hadn't heard you as I was flicking through the stations anymore I was like oh okay yeah right. um, but yeah look man again thanks me for coming into us Um Karma Comedy, as you said, on Twitter and all that crack. And then um, the podcast has a Twitter and that as well, if people want to jump on that. Yeah, that'd be great. So project10podcast.com is the website, but it's on iTunes, Project yeah. 10, uh, SoundCloud as well, Podbean, the usual kind of podcast places. And then all the social channels are And P10. we'll tweet it out as well. Legends, thank you very much. Yeah, of course, man, of course. Um, and look, all the best the former. Yeah. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, it has been absolutely brilliant listening to it so far. I can't wait now for the rest of them. Um, I avoid the automation one because that's <laughs> giving me the chills. You're just yeah. thinking fucking Will Smith or robot kind of shit. That's exactly on. what I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 we spent too much time together, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, man, continuous success with all of it. And um, I can't wait to see what comes next from it. And uh, it's great to have more Irish podcasts just actually producing like quality fucking content so yeah same as you guys thanks a million for having us on Delhi oh, thank you um, yeah if you want to check out any of our previous episodes you can do wtspod.com or check them out on iTunes Stitcher Podbean Podcast Republic Podcast Addict all those wonderful places that allow you to download audio for free you can check us out September 26th in the Workman's Club as part of the first ever Dublin Podcast Festival Mero who have we got on the night with us Ken Early, Joanne McNally, and Dave McWilliams. Three absolute heroes and us two gobshites on stage with them. <laughs> yeah. How did this once. happen? All at once. How um, did this happen? It'll be go crack. And um, Erna McGatty. Ken tweeted about his pick during the week. He did, yeah. And he then swiftly unfollowed and blocked us. So maybe Ken won't show up on the night. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah tickets are available now via Ticketmaster.ie just search Dublin Podcast Festival or WTS Pod on Ticketmaster and you'll find us he's at Mania. 
He's at Dan John Murray. Good man, thanks for taking a breath there. We're at WTS Pod. Yeah, can't wait. This is great. Go on, keep going. No, that's I think Ah, he balls the end and over, he balls the end over. I always forget the Facebook one. Facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland. Good man, look at you. Sweating. Good lad, good lad. Sweating. Um, yeah, but that's it. Again, uh, thanks to Fitzpatrick and Cormac. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Cormac. Lads, until next week. There was. Go hearts. I lose. Too sweet.